With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Look at this podcast. It's turning into a pep defender. I hate you all. This is the Talking Taxes Podcast. I am Daniel to look with me. I have Carl Anchor. It's your boy, your pal. What's up? We are expecting Double H to jump in somewhere within the next 20 to 30 minutes. If he doesn't, it's just the writers. Firstly, um, follow us on the SoundCloud page. We're close to 100 followers. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. Um, follow us on yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, kinda. If you just there's like three pictures. So I tell people to do it, but you don't have to. Yeah, um, you guys remember to leave iTunes reviews and we'll read them on the show. Remember to get your questions in every Monday if you want questions in the show. What else do we have, Carl? Do you am I leaving anything out? Just be nice, be sassy, enjoy life, you know. Follow us individually. I'm at Daniel to look. Carl's at Anchorman616. Have hope does the have hope football hut on YouTube. So subscribe to that. So I think we can get into the show from there. Your team. Manchester United, the Red Devils, they've been in sixth for like my whole life, it kind of feels like, but they're in fifth. How do you feel, Over man? Over 100 days. <laughs> Over 100 days in sixth place. And then we ended, went to seventh. And then we went to fifth after an uh, interesting victory against Middlesbrough. It feels good. It feels good. And um, when Mourinho's gamesmanship has become very interesting because ahead of the game against Middlesbrough, he said, due to fixer congestion, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost, which I thought was some premier healing. And then he, you know, recently he's been making loads of comments about how uh, Chelsea play really defensive football under Conte. And then he goes and plays away against Middlesbrough, a team that's only scored 19 goals all season, and he plays six defenders. <laughs> so, yeah, well, okay, he, he plays he's a scoundrel. Right, he's a he, scoundrel. He played Valencia, <laughs> Rojo, Smalling. Yep. Yep. Jones, Jones, Darmian Young was appeared. the left wing back, right, and Darmian appeared. So, like, yeah, he had a bunch of defensive-minded players on the pitch, and then he storms off and goes down the tunnel early. How do you feel about that? Because I, I, I fell away when he did that with Chelsea. There would be like two minutes yeah. left, and he would just leave. 
like prematurely. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, at least have some class. Shake the hands of some people. Yeah. Go thank the fans. I don't know how I feel about that, but he's his own guy. Um, I'm trying to consult the table quickly. Um, fifth, I think we're fifth, and we're three points off Manchester City in fourth, I believe. You guys have 52 points. Liverpool have 56 points, but you guys have two games in hand yep. on Liverpool. So yeah, well. if you win, you need to win both those games, considering which goal difference mm, and Liverpool's form. Yeah. But but wait wait, those two games are against whom? One of them is against City in the Derby. Yeah, and the other one is. Yep. Do you know? Could it uh, be Liverpool? Not off the top of my head. Uh, no, we've already played Liverpool twice now. Yeah, it's not Arsenal. Who was it? It's Chelsea. I think we still have to play Chelsea in the league again. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I don't think that was the game. To that one. Do you? It's not Should a big you? problem. <laughs> you know, there is, problem. there is a scenario whereby Chelsea could be champions and we could get a guard of, a guard of honor at Old Trafford. It's fine. But, Jose Mourinho team. I, the last time we won the, the championship, Steven Gerrard had to give us one. That was fun. Steven, yeah, it's fine. No worries. So, I mean, well, we had the guard of honor at Arsenal. That was loads of fun. Well, I'm okay. getting the guard of honor at the Emirates from uh, Arsenal players. I enjoyed that greatly. The, the guard of honor um, is then, a you know, particularly like, English thing, isn't it? It's rugby. Go ahead. Every rugby game has a guard of honor. So the home team will give a guard of honor. Um, so at the end of the game, the home team will form a tunnel and the away team will go through and immediately you clap and it's three cheers for the away team. Hip it, hooray, hip it, hooray, hip it, hooray. And then the away team form their tunnel at the end of our tunnel. And then the referee goes through. And then we go one cheer for the ref, hooray. And then you'll shake hands. It's that whole gentleman spirit thing. Isn't it a thing where like football is uh, the king's game played by peasants and rugby is a peasant's game played by kings or something like that? Isn't that what they say? That's the basic thing. It was a rugby is a hooligans game played by gentlemen. Uh, and the football is a gentleman's game played by hooligans. But although it's really funny because, you know, that is very dependent on where you are. And having played both, I can tell you all English men are hooligans. So it's not really a thing. Which game is more fun to play for you, rugby or football? Uh, I prefer playing rugby. I, prefer, I, I find 11-a-side football quite hard to play. I prefer 7-a-side. Just less running? Less running. Uh, like less tactical nous and nonsense I have to pay attention to. Mm. Well, it, well, well aren't, isn't rugby pretty complicated? Other than like you just can't pass yeah. forward? Yeah, there's, if, there's if loads of rules. Limited understanding of the sport, it's just a bunch of laterals and you can maybe kick it forward every once in a while. And then like to score, you have to yeah. get on your, yeah. you, have to, you have to dive for some reason I don't understand. That, that's, let's leave it at that. And then uh, <laughs> let's get back to talking about football. <laughs> Now, I want to I wanna make a special mention to Manchester City-Liverpool, which was maybe one of the best games in the Premier League I've seen. Go for it. It was, it was captivating. It was thrilling. It was, it, I'm really, really enjoying Man City right now because Pep Guardiola has clearly just done away with any notion of the team being able to defend. Did you see what he said about John Stones? That he, he was in the um, post-match press conference and he's with the journals and he was basically like, John Stones has bigger balls than anyone here. Because in yep. some because in some teams the the central defender only has to defend balls through the channel. It's a very simple thing, but John Stones mm-hmm. has to be good on the ball and do the other things that uh, your customary center backs are tasked with doing. And I thought that was an interesting approach. Yep. That Stones very good defense. Stones has the pressure of his price tag, 
He's an Englishman who's good on the ball. So that's a, another level of added pressure. And then you give him Pep. And Pep said, you know, he has a special relationship with his central defenders because of what he asks of them. So yep. I, th- I thought that was an interesting, I don't know if it was a critique of the media, but it was an interesting perspective, I should say, from a manager who knows he's probably putting a young player in a difficult situation. It was a great game. Um, like, like I said, Pep's clearly realized the City team can't defend the way he wants them this season. So he's just gone, screw it. I'm going to have my team create a ridiculous amount of attacking chances by playing all of my attacking midfielders at once and having the very old Yaya Torre as a shield. Yaya Torre looked really fantastic. poor in that game, though. Let's be honest. He was great for the first hour. He was great for the first hour. And then his knees just went out. And he was just... And I've said this, I've said this many a time. Yaya Torre goes into airplay mode when his team doesn't have the ball. He will pick up no signal. He will do all the basic functions of a football player, but he just picks up no signal and you will get nothing from him. I've never seen a player so uninterested in what his team is doing as Yaya Torre when the team is not in possession. <laughs> and it's an interesting... But, you, you know, know it's because I think we're so used to seeing him being like a domineering kind of player that his old age, he, even he doesn't know what to do in a way. Yes. Because he's so used to being the... the kind of the engine room of a team. That now that he might not yeah. have the same capability anymore, he's struggling to figure out what to do. And people yep. don't you, – you get so accustomed to seeing him do that over the better part of a decade that now people yep. don't know how to judge him correctly. Late stage Gerard at the start of his slow turn holding midfield had a similar thing where Gerard mm-hmm. would try and make the rampaging run and he'd be depossessed and he'd be really confused. You could see his brain thinking, well, that used to work. Now what? Um, and eventually, you know, it took three or four games of Rodgers essentially leaving Gerard out to dry, just being like, all right, like you're not listening to me, but I'll let you do this by yourself. I'll let you get swamped. And eventually you'll figure out you have to sit. What you're seeing is a different version here at City where Guardiola knows this, but he just wants, he doesn't care anyway. Because he's like, Fernand, he's, Fernand, he's basically, Fernando's not good enough. Gundogan's injured. Delft's not good enough. So... Yaya Torre for 60 minutes is going to be the best thing I can do. And hopefully I can beat you on the counterattack because I've got Sane, Sterling, De Bruyne and Aguero. Mm. And oh my goodness, Pep Guardiola and Aguero is one of the interesting rivalries in the Premier League right now. Because I don't think it's, I think it's quite obvious that Pep isn't quite keen. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, like Aguero. Pep, Pep showed when uh, Gabriel Jesus first arrived. That this kid's what, 18? 19, 19. No, 19, okay. So within what, seven, 10 days, a girl was already on the bench. Mm. Yeah, he was on the bench. He's already been talked about going uh, towards uh, Argentina. Yeah, like, it so seemed as if it was done. I do like Pep in that way that he w- he's big enough or at least confident enough in himself to make that big decision. Whether they're yeah. the right decisions, however, is maybe another conversation altogether. Well, I mean, we can maybe get into that when we discuss the Champions League, when we talk Monaco. I think maybe he's a bit too quick to, to disregard players that can't really fit into his system, especially older players. Um, mm. I think he's very much of the opinion of, if you're over 26, you're never going to learn, so you can sit on the bench. Whereas <laughs> I think quite a few, I think there's quite a few, I think there's quite a few older players that can relearn systems, even systems as, as complicated as Pep's. But... Yeah, that was City. That was, you know, I mean, the problem with, with Aguero is, is, is that his hold-up play isn't great. Football 365, I bring this website up all the time. They outlined what the classic Pep attack is. 
the classic type attack is you have a quick, strong striker. He holds up the ball. Then he plays it off to your 10. The 10 takes the ball, plays it out wide to your winger. Your winger, being very quick and skillful, will bomb past the fullback. And then he can either cross it to the striker, who can probably win it in the air, or he can pull it back to the corner of the penalty area where the 10 should be waiting. So, you know, this is your traditional. Lewandowski holds it. He lays it off to Muller. Muller plays it to Robin. Robin bombs down the wing. And Robin has a choice. You can either cut in and shoot on his left. You can cross into Lewandowski. Or you can pull it back to the edge of the penalty area where Muller will, kill, will like score from the drag back. That's how, that's how a Pep team likes to attack. But it doesn't work with Aguero because Aguero can't hold the ball up like that. Hmm. So you have a problem there where it, it all falls apart. Sterling has this problem where he's going to be great once he realizes what part of his shoe he needs to kick the ball with when he wants to shoot. Um, I was going to say something. Like Sterling, Sterling. <laughs> no, no. I was going to say something, but I remember that conversation off air. So I'm just, no, I'm going to leave it, you know? It's like how, it's like, uh, how uh, SB Nation Zitu Madu said uh, Rashford's going to be great once he realizes he doesn't have to shoot the ball directly at the goalkeeper. There's a lot of English players who will start scoring 20 goals a season once they figure out, oh, I don't have to put the ball there every time. I don't forgot who said this, but I, I noticed it like just after, and I thought it was an original idea, but it wasn't. It was Obama Yang started scoring like 30, 40 goals or whatever when he realized that he could chip the keeper rather than yep. shooting it directly, you know? So I think once Rashford figures out that he can, like you don't have to fire it. You can kind of be more delicate that maybe he'll start, you know, his, his goals, his goal ratio will take an uptake in the same there's way. The Henri, there's the Henri technique of opening your body up and trying to curl it around the goalkeeper. That's a particular something... skill that Henri probably had because he played on the wing for years. Yep. Martial was quite good at that until for some reason his touch eroded at the start of the Euros. Um, Do you think that was more tiredness than anything? Possibly, but his, his first touch is really bad now. And... That may, that's maybe a combination of tiredness and playing on the Van Gaal makes you... Because Van Gaal is well-known. Van Gaal doesn't want his strikers to shoot first time. Van Gaal wants all of his attacking players to take a touch and then shoot, which you would think would improve someone's first touch. But you can see it a lot in Martial's head. He can't quite figure out what he's meant to be doing with his chances. That's, Are you saying that Van Gaal downloaded a virus into Martial? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know... That's not good. It, 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 if you, <laughs> If you, if you watch Manchester United for the first two months of the season, they, they were clearly still kind of playing Van Gaal football. Van Gaal style football. Mm-hmm. Because Van Gaal's philosophy requires a strict adherence to a certain type of football. So you could see, mm-hmm. you could see some of the passes that Rudy was trying to do. He was really confused. Like, wait, can I, can I do what I want to do again now or what? Um, you know what? And, and I think Mourinho... But, in an attacking sense, that, I don't necessarily know what his offensive plan is. So I could see how you could fall into doesn't have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it's well, widely known. It's widely known. Mourinho as a as a as an attacking coach generally goes, "I'll start the defense and I'll just let the very very expensive right. players I bought figure it out themselves." And what I'm saying is, is because why, Mourinho's yeah, offensive plan doesn't necessarily have a a set uh, rule, you know, that it would be easy for the defense to take mm. Mourinho. And then we'll just fall back into what we, what we've been doing for the past two seasons with Van Gaal. So it could it could easily be that they there still yeah. is some level of Van Gaalism throughout the team. I don't watch them close enough, but I could see how that might work. You yeah. want to talk about Liverpool for a bit? 
I do want to talk about Liverpool. We talked about City for a bit, so let's talk about Liverpool. Liverpool are awesome. Liverpool's attack is so good. Liverpool, Liverpool's record against other teams in the top six is the best of the top six teams. So I think they've got 20 points against the top six, which is, you know, when you consider Arsenal as five. At, you know, Arsenal at the bottom of that table is five. Liverpool at the top of that table is either 20 or 19. Liverpool have the best big game record in the league. Their problem is they can't, they don't have the small team player, the small game player. They don't have the, the lock picker to take on um, a West Brom, as it were. Isn't that interesting well, if you have like players like Lalana and Coutinho that they can't pick a defense? You would think like Lalana is the most technical British player. He's up there, and uh, you feel, it feels like Coutinho should be able to see things that other players don't. So why can't they beat small teams? Because I, I remember at the beginning of the season they beat Arsenal, and we were like, "Cool, they're going to be great on the break when they play big teams." But then they lost to Burnley, and Double H and I were really trying to figure out, like, how do you lose to Burnley? We saw maybe last season where Leicester, when it was expected that they weren't going to have the ball, that they, that they were the mm. better team because they could just play on the break. And if, and, yeah. and if you take Liverpool's front three and allow them to play on the break, they're going to be you know, lethal as they are. But then when you give them the ball and be like, here, break a team down, they can't do it, which is interesting, especially considering who their manager is. It's hard to break a team down. Right, and that's that's regardless of what personnel you have, it's very hard to play. It's hard, very hard to score against a team that has a very well organized two banks of four. Yeah, the last twenty minutes of that City game, of the City Liverpool game, were superb because everyone was knackered because both of those teams were playing high pressing counter attack style football, and they were and you know that both of their offenses are quite poor, if I'm <laughs> honest with you. Um, so it made for some captivating battles, uh, like the Lana's miss. Yeah, Lallana's miss was terrible, but you got to bear in mind, that guy made a box-to-box lung-busting run after he'd run something like 10 kilometers in that one game. Did, did you see the Firmino's yeah. preemptive slides? <laughs> we, just we were talking about it you... <laughs> it's, it, it, it reminded me of, if, you, if anyone watches the NBA, where Steph Curry, he'll like shoot a three, and all his teammates will just run yeah. down to the end of the floor <laughs> as if he's made it already, yeah. but then he'll miss. <laughs> and it's just like, what are you guys doing? Get an offensive rebound. <laughs> and I feel like if, if Amino, well, he might have been offside as soon as Alana touched it, so never mind. But still, like, don't jinx your assists is what I would tell him. Well, you think, I mean, there were loads of, what? There should have been at least two penalties in that game. Uh, Sterling had a great opportunity, and I don't know what he was thinking. Yep. So. Well, that's the thing when Sterling's got a shot on goal. I have no idea if Sterling's going to score or not. He's, he's, he's got such a bizarre finishing style that I can't get my head around it. I think that's half of the problem of Manchester City this year is that teams know that Pep wants possession of the ball, which means you have to kind of be compact in midfield, which means that your wide players are going to see more of the ball than any players. So Sané, if he gets one-on-one, He's normally going to beat his guy. And I think he had, you know, Sterling to an, to an extent. But they get so much of the ball that if their decision-making goes awry or if they don't mm-hmm. make um, the correct decision at the right moment, I guess is a better way to put it, the attack will break down. And I think everyone knows that Sterling has potential, right? I think he's 22, so he's still learning his trade. But when he gets in positions where he should shoot, he should pass – um, he should take a man on. I still feel like he has, he's on maybe like five out of 10 
And when he gets to eight out of ten or nine out of ten, then Manchester City's attack will be more potent. And I think that's the issue that I'm seeing with City's attack. And then you the have to making is it's it's the last thing to come. How do I put this? People like comparing players to other ones. So if you look at uh, Neymar at 22 had this and that, or Ronaldo at 22 had this and that. Not everybody has the same burden, expectation, potential as others. You know, so it's going to take Sterling a little bit longer. Who knows why? But to say, oh, Hazard was doing this at 22, why can't Sterling was? So I find that a stupid, stupid logic. So that, it, it was an interesting game. And I'll give it that. But, you know, it's great for Chelsea that they both dropped two points. <laughs> That's the primary reason I was watching it. Like, oh, who's going to drop points? Both? Cool. <laughs> you get. Right, let's talk about top four because you were talking about it before. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's pretty much guaranteed that Chelsea are going to get top four. Spurs seem as if they're going to get top four again. I don't know if that's a good thing for English football, but maybe we can talk about that at a later date. Um, City, probably, but it's iffy. So I think there are what the, the other four teams, Liverpool, Arsenal, and the two Manchesters. Who do you think is going to get those other two spots if we give um, Chelsea and Tottenham top four? Liverpool's getting it. Okay. I think Liverpool's home form will carry them over the line. I think it's going to be a really good thing for... If you want to talk about how Spurs might be bad for English football, I think Liverpool getting English football will be really good. Okay, so in this game um, with musical chairs, there's, uh, there's one seat left. And who gets City, it? I think... City, Whoa, I think if, so if, Mourinho and Wenger, in your opinion, don't make it. I think if, if I think Mourinho is going to be really sneaky and, and try and get into the uh, Champions League via the back door of the Europa League. Mm. Wouldn't that be interesting that Wenger was the only one of the five who didn't make it? <laughs> or, or even better, even better, Arsenal finish fourth and then Jose wins the Europa League and then Arsenal lose their Champions League spot. I don't think it works like that anymore. I think England would have five teams. Oh, yes, you get five teams. Unless, of course, Leicester win the Champions League as well. And then, so, the, what would it be? Yeah. The fourth place team would drop out. Yes. Yes, it would. Which would be amazing. But Leicester, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, I think <laughs> I said United would win the league. So I'm going to give you guys top four. Oh, mate. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys top four and I'm going to give City top four. No, 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 no. This is, cause this is all right. So Liverpool's no, no, out. No, no, my top four is the same as it was at the beginning of the year, except for Tottenham. Okay. Which was. No, what was my top four at the beginning of the year? I said United would win, Chelsea second, City third, Liverpool fourth. Okay. So I think see, damn, I don't know. I don't know who to pick. There's a really good there's a really good selection. A top six battle is really really intriguing. I think Arsenal and Man United are gonna lose this time. What people are kind of missing though is no matter what happens, all of those teams will be in European football next year. So I see on maybe like you know, a few Arsenal people that I follow or Arsenal fan TV. If we miss Champions League, it would be good for our team, right? They say that. But yeah. being in Europa League is even worse than, like, you'd rather finish eighth than finish fifth because you don't yes. want to play Thursday, Sunday. It, yeah. I mean, Liverpool Liverpool yeah. and Leicester's title runs. You can attest to that for this season challenges. in United. Like, you don't yeah. want to play Thursday, Sunday. Especially, um, I don't know if you saw Mourinho's post-match press conference. I think when you guys beat Rostov, he was like, you know, the English 
FA doesn't help you at all. Like in in other leagues, they let you play on the Friday, they let you play on the Monday or the Tuesday, whenever. But he he was like, why do we have to play Sunday at noon? Like, how come we can't even sleep in? Like, how come we can't play uh, Sunday at five o'clock so we get to sleep in after you know playing a match on Thursday? So you don't want to play Thursday Sunday because you're not going to get any help, and it's already difficult enough if you have to go to Russia, Ukraine, Greece, wherever. <laughs> uh, don't get sucked into the Jose. No, no, no. It's it's legit. It's, it's legit because I remember that when Chelsea had who do, who did we have in 2013-14? We had Atletico in the semifinal, and they wanted to move the 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 Liverpool game was sandwiched in between those two ties, and they and they wanted Liverpool to help us move the game to some other date, and they didn't. So Jose went there with the track suit, and we went 2-0 after Gerard slip or whatever, but it ruined us in the second one, that and Mourinho's team selection. But, <laughs> but you know, like, there, there was no help afforded from the Football Association. He always says, I'm not just saying that for me, I'm saying that for us, meaning English, the, meaning the Premier League, not just Jose Mourinho's football team. That that Come again? He's all, he's only saying it for him. Trust me. Trust me, Daddy. Jose doesn't care about anyone else. I no, no I I think he's packaging his selfishness as altruism. Of so, <laughs> which is it's clever. He's a sport. He's a, he's a, but we're but we're moving besides the point. Uh, top six. I really think there is no is point on this, this podcast. The... <laughs> we're just talking football for an I'm hour. The only one that uh, I really think is the year Wenger gets doesn't finish in the top four, which brings us to. Are now running weekly segment where we talk about Wenger and Arsenal. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! What on earth? I, I want to say I want to say what was going on against West Brom, but we all know what was going on against West Brom. That was the painful thing. It was so predictable. It was uh, no, so it predictable. wasn't. It wasn't predictable to me. I, I I thought they would surely win because they do this every year. They crash, and then in the last ten matches, they win all of them and get top four. That was supposed to happen, but then this was just, oh, it was, the defending was terrible. If you look at the set-piece defending, I'm sure you might have seen the clip of how uh, Arsenal were all marking near post. So there was a Oh, yeah, there were like seven guys on one side of the post and like seven West Brom people on the near. Yep, and he's just going, what are you doing? And that's it. Like, it's, it's gone past whatever, whatever. It's clear that Wenger is not fit for purpose anymore. And yet... There are reports now in the English media that he's, he's going to say he wants another year. And from what we understand it is if Wenger says he wants another year, Wenger's going to get another year. Do you, do you know what it is? I, I forgot who I read. If it was on Bleach Report, it must have been James McNicholas. Uh, he had like a, an article about why it's difficult for Arsenal to change managers or something to that effect. And one of his points was... This ownership has never had to pick a manager before. Like they basically walked into a money making mm. machine because Wenger always picked or always gets top four. So they bought a system yeah. or a machine that would never break down. So as long as they get what they bought the club for, that they're under no incentive to really change the manager. So they've they've never had to go through the, so they've money. never had to go through the process of picking a manager. So you're better off just going with the devil you know. Which, oh, man. Which I find that an interesting thought, if I repeated it correctly, that these American owners who, I mean, I, I can attest to Stan Kroenke's running of his sports organizations here in America. I mean, 
they don't run fantastically well. The Nuggets, I think, is who if he partially owns them, they haven't done anything of note since they traded Carmelo Anthony. So <laughs> they don't care. He doesn't care, I don't think. He just takes the money. He's glad to, because these sports things, these sports franchises or organizations, they always increase with value. If you look at the Forbes list, it's hardly ever gone down. So he's just happy yeah. to to own the team. If they get, to, I don't even, I don't even think he cares if they get top four. I think that's a misnomer because I don't think Arsenal yeah. Football Club are going to take a dent in their evaluation if they miss out on the Champions League. I just think he, I agree. I, I agree. I also. He he owns it as an asset, not what as we've seen from a sporting franchise to run to win things. What we've seen from Manchester United as well, you can take the hit of not being in the Champions League. You cannot be in the Champions League and enough. spend ninety million on Paul Pogba. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it doesn't matter if you bet against the house because when you're Man- when you're a club the size of Manchester United or you're a club the size of Arsenal, you are the house. Hmm. So Wenger, it doesn't matter. He he sacks himself. He hires himself whenever he wants. And I think we're so – because social media is, is – it's a great thing. It's why we're talking to each other right now. But I think people on social media give social media too much credit or too much weight. I think just mm. because, you know, we watch Arsenal fan TV or we, or we might follow these Arsenal fan accounts or whatever. I know we want Wenger out. We want him gone. Blah, blah, blah. That's probably not the sentiment of most Arsenal fans that would encounter Arsene Wenger on the day-to-day. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I might... No, no, think about this. It could be a vocal minority, but it's getting... I mean, this weekend, some of the vitriol was very interesting. I've seen more than one person try and make a ridiculous statement trying to link Wenger as the Mugabe of Arsenal. Which is ridiculous. I like the Museveni comparison better. If that exists, <laughs> being Ugandan, <laughs> but but no, what was my point? Like, um, so one person flew a plane that said Wenger out. The next one said Wenger, oh, trust in arson or whatever it says. Yeah, I think that we might be inundated with Arsenal fan TV, the troops, the DTs, the claws, the whom have you. And I think maybe Ty is a better rep if we want to use Arsenal fan TV as you know the kind of the microcosm. Maybe Ty is the more represent representative of the Arsenal fan that you would meet on the street. Like Jay Z's last album was Magna Carta, Holy Grail. There were like two good tracks on it. <laughs> yeah. Right? They're like, and if I met Jay Z right now, I would still, I would like, yo, can I have your autograph? Like, <laughs> just like, I, I don't know what I would do, but I would be a fanboy. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure of it. So if if Arsenal Wenger meets an Arsenal fan on the street. Unless you're a particular brand of bold, you're going to want to meet him, shake his hand. Hey, Austin, how are you? How's the team going? Uh, who are we going to sign in the summer? Blah, blah, blah. You're not going to be like, yo, get the fuck out of my club, bro. Like, <laughs> you're not going to do that because that's just rude. <laughs> and unless English people okay. are, are like, I don't know, you live in London. Would anyone do that, you think? Uh, depending. I, I, I can think of a few. A, it would take a, right. a particular person to do that. So if, if Wenger isn't meeting or seeing that particular vitriol, I don't think he's going to be like, oh, we're under serious pressure here. Like, you fly you fly a plane, okay. But the next man flies a plane, and it says he wants me to stay. So, you know, it's all canceled out, kind of. The greats don't know when they're done. Bernard Hopkins fought until his 40s. You know, so did Ali. Bernard Hopkins you know, is... Boxes fly. He was good, though. 
Is he like, still going? <laughs> I think he lost his last fight, and I think that was it. You know, he, he I think he told his mom um, before she passed that he wouldn't fight past 40, and I think he's in his 50s now, so it's just in his blood. But uh, it's um, you said off air. We don't know when they finish. What else is Wenger going to do? Yeah. Just take a – well, what is Ferguson doing for United now? Is he like a consultant? He's what a consultant. He, Ferguson's got his – well, Wenger even once said in an interview, they said, would you ever consider retiring? He goes, what would I do? He goes – and they, and they raised the fact that Ferguson retired. He goes, Ferguson has his horses. I don't have horses. Mm. He lost his wife over Arsenal. I think, I think he was so dedicated. Yeah, Arsene Wenger got divorced. Like, yeah. his, his family broke up just because of Arsenal. Because I mean, oh, I there's think a lot of that... families that broke up because of Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, 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 I forgot when you mentioned it, but you said running a football club is like running a business at this point, and we we've probably seen the last of uh, managers who have to do everything. I, I don't want to misquote you, but you said Wenger is probably the last of that breed, right? So he might get four or yep. five hours of sleep. So how would it be being married to a person who's only sleeping? four hours is cranky he's gone three weeks of the night or whatever like it can't be a good life for it to be a spouse of someone especially someone who's so dedicated um and actually really really good at their profession it would take a level of dedication that you would have to you would almost have to be a manager yourself to that level to manage your house which is under yeah, stress you're not wrong, you're not wrong. I mean, and this is the thing if you Wenger's 67 years years of age mm. and he spends all week at arsenal you take that away from him you know, Jock Stein died on the sideline, you know, keeled over on the sideline. There's a very good reason to believe that Fergie probably would have kept going, you know, at least a good 30% of why Fergie left was he said his wife's best friend died, so he was needed at home. Mm. Um, and I also think with Ferguson, Ferguson was also very much a, okay, you know, I better leave now, found out by Barcelona again, or before City start really, really troubling He also him. won the league by like 11 points, so... Like Fergie, Fergie retired, I think, because he got his win. He find he got to go out on the high. Whereas for Wenger, if anything, if it would have been nice if Wenger retired after the second FA Cup win, he should have gone after the first but, one. Because wasn't the yeah, first one against Hull, there you are. where they were like down two goals after yes. the first, and then they make this miraculous comeback. But that just sparked him on. Like, um, what's a good example? Have you heard of? Well, of course you've heard about this. Where like it, once your spouse, like if you're 80 years old. And once your spouse dies, and within a certain percentage, I don't want to say bad numbers, but yeah. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Back hello, here is. hello, hello, have hope. We're talking about Wenger at the moment. Um, oh. If you're above a certain age and your spouse dies, you have like this certain window where you kind of die of heartbreak because yeah. it's because it's, you've been married to this person 30, 50 years, whatever. And well, yeah, that's, that's what happened to that character in, in Star Wars. Um, What's it called? Um, Anakin Skywalker's mother. She died of a heart heartbreak. Well, yeah, and and I'm saying like if Wenger leaves what? Arsenal, that's almost like a death in the family, you know. So like, what happens to him if he's 60 and he's been doing this for the past 20 years? Management for maybe 30, 35. Who knows? It could be that kind of I don't want to say mental break or anything like that, but it's kind of like what do I do now with my life? You know? There we are. Uh, we, but, but here we again, are. Like, the talking tactics podcast saying that Wenger leaving Arsenal could quite literally kill him. You know how rich, rich that man is? Money heals many things. It heals <laughs> a lot of things. Trust me. You know what? He's he, 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 he'll die if he stays, whether by 
age your murder because I, if I was an Arsenal fan, I couldn't take it again. It's, just, <laughs> it's the same thing over and over and over again for the past decade. It's Groundhog Day for Groundhog Day for Groundhog Day. All right, quick, quick question is all right. Quick segment: Do you think Wenger's going to be manager of Arsenal next season? Yes. They, they apparently Arsenal had to, had to deny a statement that they approached to Thomas Tuchel. It depends. If they get top four, yes. If they don't get top four, no. I kind of feel what like that's backwards. I kind of feel like if they do get top four, he'll leave, and if they don't get top okay. four, he'll stay. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Regardless, I think this is it. I really, I, I, I've been saying this since the three-one loss against Chelsea. I think he's he's all done. All right, all right. And what do you think he does? Do he's got to move he... upstairs, or possibly he takes a, a reduced role at Arsenal. So rather than be the manager, he'll probably move into the like head of on the fourteen. I could very, I could easily see Wenger as happily being the youth team coach if he wants to be because he lo- he loves Arsenal. That is his, that's his life's work. That's twenty five years of turning a somewhat large football club into a European institution. Somewhat large, <laughs> some yes, a somewhat large football club into a European institution. Uh, I think so. I, yeah, I think he could very much be one of those coaches that you saw at the end of any given Sunday where he's like, yeah, I'm going to go teach, teach the kids now. Uh, that's a terrible accent. I don't know why I did that. Um, no, no, no. Whoa, whoa. That, that is a great example. Because the interest, man, the interest, Pacino, great speech. I wasn't trying to be Pacino. I was trying to be the black guy in any given Sunday. But never whoa. mind. What happened at the end of any given Sunday, if you guys remember? He left. He created that expansion team and he uh, took Willie Beamer with him. Exactly. Let's say that Arsenal are the Sharks in this situation. If he leaves the Sharks, Arsenal, yep. it's more likely that he doesn't go to Arsenal's boardroom or coach the under-14s. I think he'd see that as a kind of demotion. You know, I think he'd just go to another yep. club altogether. Because let's, let's keep it 100. <laughs> despite, the, despite Arsenal not winning a title in the last 14 seasons, away, 13, yeah. he's still a good manager. He's just Is stale. Mm. He's just he's just stale at Arsenal because he's been there so long. So if he goes I to, know. I don't know, just you could pick, give him any club. Go to Sunderland. He'd improve them. Um, Sunderland yeah. trash. Sunderland is that a whole like Wenger? Are you sure he will improve those guys? I look, bro. I bet. <laughs> they were just the first club that came to my mind. I apologize, but still, like if he he's an improvement over Lucho Enrique if he went to Barcelona. Yeah, well, yeah. That's a um, hefty claim. No, no, no. Oh, Carl. You, don't, you don't think what? Wenger is a better football manager than, than Enrique? What? One of them's got a trouble. One of them. Do I need to mute you? No. <laughs> oh my God! One of them has a trouble. Carl, are you, are you really telling me? One of them has Messi, Suarez, was, and Neymar. The other one has the main reason why they Olivier Giroud. Like, did, did you see Enrique's reign when he was at Roma? Sorry, that guy is not a great coach. Please. Come on, Carl. Please. Be, be real. <laughs> Luis Enrique. And on that All note, right. that's Champions League quarterfinal. That's a great way to get into this. Now, best, best draw ever. Best Champions League quarterfinal draw ever. Fact. Let us, let's, let's start out with Atletico Leicester. Um, less Leicester are out. So next, next. Fixture. I love it. Huh? Next fixture. This is really, this is really, out. really O-U-T, good. O U T. O U T. This is really good for Atletico Madrid. If this is such a done deal as everyone else is saying. No, 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 it, no, no, no. It's it's a done deal. So Atletico, am I crazy to think Leicester are going to go through? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a don't deal, don't deal, don't deal, don't deal. Don't you guys really, like Atletico are going to have the burden of having the ball? Like Leicester are going to play them on the break. Do you guys think that Atletico have the players to break down Leicester? But the fact is that you can't counter Atletico yeah. Madrid. That's the key thing. First, yes, thing. you can. No, you can't because they, they don't. No, give no, you no. That they, they are usually the ones who do the countering. Am I correct? Yeah, but if so, if, so, so what happens when that role is reversed, and now yeah, you have to? But even if they say sit back, yes, Atletico will be attacking, but it's not in their DNA to be that attacking and to play a very high line. That's not in their DNA. They're gonna have to, otherwise it's just gonna be nil, 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 nil. No, 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 no but they have technical players of the ilk of Griezmann, Carrasco, South. Okay, okay, who can, who can do individual things to basically open them up if if they go deep. So, if this went to penalties, who would win? I'll still say Atletico. After last Atletico. season? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, that's, no, that's cool. a final. And, also, and I think Real, Real Madrid, but first of all, it's in their head. Real Madrid got, 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 got in their head. So, no, no, no. You know, trust me. To be honest, I agree with your assessment that, yes, Atletico will have to play a different game that they're not comfortable with. But the fact that Atletico... I basically, Atletico won't underestimate Leicester City. That's a fact. Because everyone is like, my gosh, Leicester, the whole thing is story. So Atletico will say, no. Let's not be one of the Muppets who now lose to them like Sevilla did. The first but game is in is in Madrid, correct? Yeah. So if Leicester get an away goal, and let's say they, they keep it a respectable score, 1-1, mm. 2-1, basically the same thing that happened to Sevilla. Do we think that Atletico Madrid going to Leicester, that Leicester can't beat them there in a one-off game? No, I don't think so. I think they can. I don't, and, I don't and maybe I'm so. crazy, but I'm not, I'm not going to put... Look, I've seen... What what have we seen this year? We've seen Shakespeare's gonna do a madness, yeah. We we've seen Trump win an election. We've seen Brexit. Yeah, Shakespeare's gonna no, be Danny Danny Drinkwater is not gonna be a Champions League semifinal. We've, we've seen we've seen the Warriors blow a three one lead. We've seen Never the Patriots that. come back from like thirty five thousand points in like ten forget minutes. How can anyone say anything to the contrary other than that Leicester have a chance? Because Whoa, correct me if I'm wrong, Double H. But weren't you ready to give the forfeit rule for Leicester Sevilla? Look, you were. You did. You did say it. You did. I, I believe so. Oh, can I wait? Wait, wait. Can I, uh, can I man talk, please? Thank you. Yeah. Look about that. Look, look. That was complicated. Aren't you Caucasian uh, now? Okay, no, 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 put it this way. I will strongly becoming Caucasian if Danny Drinkwater will play a Champions League semi-final because I just, I can't see that happening. I mean, if Leicester get to the Champions League semi-final, I'm sorry, guys, let's just pack up and go. So, I don't know, I don't know what happened against it. I know, but guys, keep in mind, Sevilla, they missed. How do you miss two penalties in two legs? How does that happen? You missed two penalties in two because legs. The gods are with Leicester. I'm trying to explain this to you. That Leicester have the source. This can happen. Like, don't be so um, naive or arrogant. I'm not sure which one yet. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm that, a naive. That you're not going to give Leicester a chance because they have one. Uh, Monaco, Dortmund. Best this time be, This should be, be the best th- time around. I can't uh, wait for this one. This is, this is counterattack versus counterattack. This is two elite-level goal-scoring teams in Europe going head-to-head. And uh, I can't wait. I still say I still believe Dortmund's going to win the Champions League, but this one, ooh. Next, next tie, next tie, boom! Keep it moving, keep it rolling, stay black, stay very black. Hey, don't steal my saying. How dare you? Isn't that from some Spike Lee movie? 
No, 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 no. I, I made it up. I made it up. I'll, I'll, yeah, use Bing. I can use whatever I want. <laughs> Whoa, man! <laughs> I mean, Carl, you're being very salty, man. Damn. You said Loudjob's going to be Barcelona manager on TV. Yeah. You Wait. Said, you went how, on TV. how are you still in the job after that, saying that? No, no, no. I, am. I have no and idea. The second thing, actually, did you hear about the Ghanaian ref who's been banned for life by FIFA? I, I, no. I saw the story, but I didn't click on it. What happened? Yeah, basically, he gave a penalty to South Africa. Where there was it literally was not a, it was a stone wall. The ball literally hit Kulibali on his knee, but he gave a handball penalty to South Africa. South Africa won the game two one, and FIFA said that he breached FIFA rules and that he was basically involved in influencing match results. So he's been banned for life, and FIFA will release some more information. So, uh, what do you have to, to say about your fellow countrymen? Fine. <laughs> It's not as silly as saying Laudrup's going to be the Barcelona manager next season. Wasn't there a Ghanaian player that thanked his wife and his girlfriend? Wasn't that guy from Ghana? Yeah, yeah. It's been a a, a great week week for for Ghana, man. Superb. I would like to thank my Uh, wife and my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. He wants to thank both of the women in his life. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How did he mess that up? How how do you make that mistake? How do you mess that up? Was he calling his wife his girlfriend? No, 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 no. He said, or, I was attacking my wife. there two separate girlfriend. women in this? He quickly tried to correct himself because he knew he messed up. That's why he, because he knew he messed up. <laughs> he knew. So he wasn't, he didn't make that kind of like, no, he knew he messed up. He said, Mike, my wife, my girlfriend. Oh, no, sorry, my wife. Yeah, my wife. I love you. I love you. Blah, and, he, and he called out her name. I was like, mate. <laughs> how do you I think the funniest part in that is that he kind of had to tweet through it. Like, <laughs> he just kept talking. <laughs> like, nobody's going to notice if I just keep saying words. You got to do the Blues Brother technique. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Well, it is, it, well, it is your fault because it is, it's 100% his fault. Um, so, Monaco Dortmund. Any, any more thoughts one. on that? Man, you know what? It's tough, man, but I think. I'm going to give Monaco the slight edge because they've got the better defense. They can both open that house up either way, but hence why the only fighting fact is who else has the better defense, and I think Monaco have a better defense. So I don't think Monaco have a better defense now that just switched to the back five. Yeah, still. Or back three. With you didn't know, you didn't know Dortmund switched to a back five, did you? You didn't know that, did you? No, who, who, who cares? That means It means nothing. It's all, it's all about personnel. Back five, what? back six, back, back seven. No, like if you do not have quality defenders, it doesn't matter how many bodies you you you, you have back. It, it it means nothing to me. And the very fact is that so Dortmund only have one quality defender, and that is Socrates. Everyone else, nope. Schmelzer, Socrates. No, Socrates what? is the best defender that Dortmund have. Okay, what? who is who is a better defender than Socrates in at Dortmund? Tell me. Batra, well, please say Batra. Please say Batra. I'm begging you. Please, I'm begging you. Please say Batra. Please, please. No, it's not him. It's not him. You can keep begging, but Barcelona versus uh, uh, Juventus, yeah, yeah. eh? That is a good tie. <laughs> I like this tie. I love this. This is the I best think... one. This is a, it's, Barcelona, it's a good... man. Like Juventus should. I think Juventus are the favorites. Doesn't mean they'll win because after the miracle at the new camp, anything goes. But I was watching Barcelona against Valencia. Their defense is horrendous. Like these guys, there's because remember, guys, even in that PSG game, they didn't actually play well. They did play no, well. They just that PSG they was so Neymar bad. Just had the best. Yeah, Neymar. Yeah, Neymar had the best five minutes you've maybe ever seen a football player. 
And uh, you're, you're completely right. So if you, uh, oh, think, okay, okay, okay. We had this conversation before where the only defense and goalkeeper combination we thought that could contain Barcelona was the BBC and Buffon of Juventus. Do we still think that's possible? The unstoppable force meets the immovable object? A BBC with Conte in charge could do it, despite, you know, despite what happened in Champions League final. But a BBC with Allegri in charge? You know what? what, Interestingly, Juventus haven't played a back three in a while. Given mm. given this season, they they they've been playing. She was frozen out. Yeah, yeah, and they've been playing either Chiellini, Barzagli, or Barzagli and Bonucci. They haven't played three of them together in quite a while, at least in Champions League play. Which and so Alves and Sandro have been the left and right back. So I wonder if Allegri he'll switch to the back five with Alves as a wing back and Sandro as a wing back. And how that might work, or how that affects someone like Quadrado, potentially. I'm I'm confused on this one. I don't know who to pick. That's why I think it's a really good one. And I'm glad they don't have this one and the Bayern Madrid one on the same day. So oh, yeah. give me a chance to watch both. So Bayern Madrid, who you got? Man, that's. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I can't. I mean, that's... I have no idea. I'm going Bayern. Uh, Bayern. Well, Bayern. Why? Bayern squad is the deepest in Europe. You know, I think Bayern have a better plan B and C. Um, Real have the better plan A. Bayern have the better plan B and C. So I think, and you know, despite Sergio Ramos being the most clutch player in European football, I think Bayern are the favourites of the Champions League this this year. Bayern are the favourites. Juve the dark horse, uh, and it's a it's a toss up between Dortmund and. Atletico for your hipster choice. Yeah, I mean, I've picked Bayern to win the Champions League at least a few times um, on the podcast. So I guess by that history, I'd have to say Bayern beat Madrid, but it's still hard to say because <laughs> it's so close. Um, and I don't know. It's like they can both play in possession. They can both play on the counter. I'm not sure who's going to do what. This probably just depends on the day. Like if the match started an hour earlier, then another team would win. But because it starts at you know 2:45 Eastern Standard Time, X team will win. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's an interesting. It was it, it it is a really good draw though. Like it's one of the best I've seen because people say like these are matches you want in the final, but rarely yeah. ever in a knockout competition does the match you want in the final actually come to fruition. So to actually get two potential finals in the quarterfinal. I've never seen that before. And and then also to have the added benefit of you're going to get either, you know, Atletico, Leicester, Monaco, or Dortmund in the semifinal who bring different challenges than the customary big four that we'll say, I think is a really interesting thing. So it kind of puts my uh, hot ball, cold ball, you wait for conspiracy on the burn on the back burner, but uh, we'll see what happens. Because conspiracies, I think it's just you know luck, and we've luck. We've been lucky this year. We've been blessed with some great ties. You know, well maybe they just want to save the Barcelona Real Madrid classical final for a later date. Who knows? I really think that would be one of the worst finals we'll ever see. What if that does happen? Ronaldo egg, Messi. Classical, does it have class- to be good a, for a, it to make money? A classical Champions League final will be ultimately one of the most underwhelming games of football you'll ever watch in your life. 
you think it would be so hyped that nothing that happens could ever meet the hype? No, I think it'd be it'd be a very boring, perfunctory one nil victory as scored by a centre back. <laughs> Ramos, the ninety-three. Yeah, there, there, there is there is no way that <laughs> there is no way that turn, a classical Champions League final ends up entertaining. But here's a question for the talking tactics listeners: Yeah, what would be what would be your dream Champions League final? And when we play it my way, you have to pick vintage year as well. So you can't just say. Oh, I want Manchester United. You have to pick what year Manchester United against what year, whoever you want. So for Wait, me, so I want to. So this is like a dream final based on the different years of teams and stuff. Dream, dream final, dream final. And I'm giving you a time machine. The rules of the game are this: the team you mention has to have won the Champions League, so it has to be the year they won it. So you can have '99 Manchester United play against 2009 Barcelona, if you wish. But you can't have 2006 Arsenal because 2006 Arsenal didn't win it. So who would you have? Because obviously, 95 Ajax versus 2010 Inter Milan. I want 2010 Inter versus 2013 Bayern. Woo! I want I want the Mourinho Inter versus the Heinkes treble winning Bayern side. I want to see how that works. Oh yeah, the treble. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting. I I think we had a question like this before, but I'm pretty sure that was my answer. So. To be consistent. What's yours, Carl? Uh, I would have the treble winning Bayern side. Okay. Against the treble winning Barcelona side. Hmm. So Hankers Bayern versus Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. All right. So, you know, questions. I am Raheel One. Uh, who is the better manager, Mourinho or Guardiola? All time, not just this season. Keep up the good work. Thumbs up emoji. Appreciate it. Um, so all time better manager Mourinho or Guardiola? Who you got? Guardiola this season and all time. Wait, 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 wait. what's best? Wait, best way. Can you say the question again? Who is a better manager, Mourinho or Guardiola? All time, Mourinho. not just Mourinho. this year. Mourinho. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, remind me. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Did Guardiola win a Champions League with FC Porto? Let me think. No. So let's say, so Guardiola, yeah. you had Lionel Messi in your team, you had Xavi in your team, you had Iniesta in your team. Then he then moved on to a team that already won the treble before you. Oh, let's see, Mourinho, you won the Champions League with FC Porto. Oh, let's see, you brought the first ever Premier League title to Chelsea. Oh, let's see, you delivered a treble to Inter, Inter Milan. Need I say more? Okay. All right. All right. Let me pick holes in all of your arguments. Okay. <laughs> Please, go ahead. All right. He wins the Champions League with Porto. Of a rebound because Sir Alex Ferguson. No, did they win it? They won it. Listen Thank to me. You. Listen to me. Listen okay. to me. So wait, you wanna you wanna denigrate Pep Guardiola for winning the league with Messi and his team, but you're gonna mm. let Mourinho win the Premier League with a quarter of a billion spent at Chelsea. Did Mourinho have a Messi in his team? What do you think no, the answer was? Because sorry, we we what I think we can all agree that Messi is probably Wesley the best, was the best player, player in the world in 2010. What are you talking about? Wait, wait, say, say what? Wesley Schneider was the best player in the world in 2010. Was he as good as Lionel Messi? Please, come on. Yes, he, in 2010, the year where he took the Dutch side to the World Cup final and he took in, Inter Milan to well, the treble. Wesley, I'm not talking overall. Overall, Schneider is not a better player than than, than Messi. That's the fact. You, you, asked, me a question, you was... asked me a question and I answered it and I answered it and I gave you my answer. And you can't, don't you dare change the question after I've answered it. <laughs> Get out of here. Daniel, look, next question. 
FC Porto. No, let's don't waste my, don't come to the podcast late and then bring this nonsense to my door. Next question. Let him bring it with the Champions League with FC FC Porto before we can talk. Next question. Because I need to get let me answer. Okay. Um, oh, no, no, okay. I'm talking. To, oh yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your answer? And Danny, you 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 best respect your Chelsea heritage and answer. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know more about Mourinho, so I'm going Mourinho. I don't, because, in, in my opinion, I feel like Guardiola walked into Barcelona at the exact right time after Reichardt left, and I don't think I don't I don't know how many managers would have been able to fail with Xavi, Iniesta, the combination of you had um, Puyol, you had Valdez, you had Messi, Henri, Eto, Eto, so. Ooh, that that team that he walked into was tailor made to win. Yes, he had to make big decisions um, in getting rid of. Okay, right. So based on that, what team has Mourinho walked into that wasn't built to win? So the Chelsea team he walked into was built to win. The Inter Milan team was built to win. Well, well, I mean, they, they, they were built to win, and they gave him a bag of money. Mourinho, I'm going to shake you. I know where you work now. I'm going to shake you, Hapo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come to your office on Friday. I'm going to shake you. Mourinho elected to play um, Czech over Kudicini, who was our player of the season the year before. He bought Drogba, who he saw. Czech was better. Well, yeah, but you still have to make better. that. Yeah, Czech was better. Drogba put two teams to the sword from Marseille during the UEFA Cup. Where is this? Where is this historical? He still had to buy him, though. He still had to make those decisions. Oh, it's really hard to buy a player that's patently good, uh, as opposed to inheriting one. Is that the argument you're trying to make? You're saying it's easier to come into a player that's already embedded into a change room than it is to buy one, because not every buddy, player plays well once you buy them. Thank you. I mean, Kala, you pretty you pretty much set yourself. No, no, up no, 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 no. Look, for instance. Shevchenko was good when we bought him, but it was a bad buy. He had no knees left. He had no knees. He was still a good buy when we bought no, him. Come on. No, when, he when he was, no, he was, he was still one of the he best. Right, right, okay, okay, okay. United bought Angel Di Maria. Are you telling me he was a bad player? He just didn't fit with no, that. Just... It was a bad buy, even though he was a good player. So I give Mourinho a, a level of credit for seeing that Drogba would work in the system that he wanted to implement. I, I feel like any manager would have walked into that Barcelona team and been able to do what they did in a sense. Not That's to mention ridiculous. not to mention what That's has ridiculous. he what has Pep won outside of that team? Other than an He's easy won Bundesliga. The, he won the Bundesliga he won the Bundesliga oh, with Bundesliga. How, how difficult is that? Like, come on. He <laughs> have no <so> difficult. <laughs> the Bundesliga. The, 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 oh Lord, oh Carl, oh Carl, oh Carl. His his team there was already made. Like what major decision? They won the treble there? before he landed in that damn team. They already won the damn treble. We're gonna have to have this debate in a more <laughs> domesticated fashion later on. Um, yeah, it's just he just walks into. Let's just leave the point. Should they wait? Go three rule? Champions League semifinals in a row. Do you, it's very hard to win a Champions League here. Now, no, 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 look, now he's he's feeling the heat now because now he's in a Man City team where you now have to do some. Okay, you know what? Very, very quickly before we move on, <laughs> the situation with Man City. I can't believe you turned into a Pep defender. Where... I hate this. Look at this podcast. It's turning into a Pep defender. I hate you no, all. No, 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 no,
should the away goal rule be scrapped? No. No. Oh, hey, Carl. What's it called? Garlinica. Quarterly. He told me off. I got into a little one-two with Gary Lineker. I don't think the way goal should be scrapped. Hell no, it's one of the it... best football... Okay, two inventions that have been, have been one of the best additions to football. The golden goal rule and the away goal rule. The mm. morons who scrapped the golden goal rule, you are, you are, you are pieces of, of, of crap, of feces. Um, the <laughs> away goal rule, it's amazing. Just because, you know what the away goal rule is? It means that you can always win. You're, it keeps you always on your toes. Okay, keeps you always on your on your toes. And Garlinica said, "Now, oh, why should one goal mean heavily more?" Oh, Gary, would he be saying this if it wasn't an English team who was in this position? No, you wouldn't. So come on, that's just you being hypocritical. It's an amazing rule, amazing. Wait, who even invented it? I don't like whoever invented it needs to be given a Nobel Peace Prize, man. <laughs> I I concur in the inner sense. I don't know if I deserve peace prizes, but uh... hey, 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 why not? We agree. Shouldn't that be safe for something more righteous? All three of us agree. Yeah. Just for making all three of us agree, it should be awarded the Peace Prize. Okay. Say some, some good things. Thank you for once. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> Name some players who are better for their country than for their clubs. Patrick Mboma. Amazing for Cameroon, just for a club. Hence why I respect him so much. Because he was, was, was the guy who screwed us over in the Nations Cup final in, in, in 2000. So he was always amazing for Cameroon. And I think it was for Sunderland. He just never hit it. Um, is Pele an answer? Considering that we don't necessarily believe his club statistics and the international ones are the only ones that we can actually empirically verify. This is a good. This is a good. This is a good question. Actually, um, Fabio, I was going to say Aaron. Although it was only, it was only in Aaron one. Aaron Ramsey. Team. That's a good shout, Carl. That's a very good answer. And I think that's mostly down to management. But we'll leave that one. But yeah, Fabio Grosso. Danny Welbeck, Danny Welbeck's goal-scoring record for England is superb. His goal-scoring record at club level is less so. So I don't know if that's a sentiment to the opposition England play often or if that's just a sentiment to, at England, he has greater freedom to get into Actually, wait, wait, wait. the Neymar, box areas. Last, yeah, last season, Neymar. Okay, even if he's... I'll, you know what, I'll say overall Neymar because, yeah, he's only been playing well for the last like month or so. But overall, I would say Excuse definitely me? like Neymar for, for Brazil is like a ridiculous superstar. But for club, it's inconsistent. So this is amazing. This is but literally, every single time he plays for Brazil, he is incredible. Did you say uh, Neymar's only been good for a month or so? Yeah. Can we right. not? Okay. Just, just, just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure I didn't mishear you there. Assess United's chances of winning the Europa League. <laughs> they're probably the they're probably the favourites. The best they've win it. Depth, they've got the they've got the squad depth. They've got the manager. If Mourinho wants to win the Europa League, United have. I'll give you. Threes, I make him a second favorite at a push to win okay. it. Okay, I think I think that's how he's going to go for the Champions League. I think he's I think Reno would be happy to sacrifice and stay in sixth and instead win the Europa League to get it. Either way, you've got to do the, the qualifying leg, which I'm sure Marino will find a way to complain about. So, <laughs> you know what? I think that it's and elect Chelsea and elect, so I'm expecting some shade um, <laughs> <laughs> to be cast. Um, with City and PSG both crashing out of the Champions League, has the Arab Money Football Project failed? No. I don't think beginning. so, because City have won two leagues. PSG have won, like, four in a row. Oh, who cares yeah. about the league? Oh. So, no, for the PSG branch, yes. For the City branch, 
It, not really, but still, I think you no. Know, that morning, you no, know, the product was always for the Champions League. Mm. That yeah, was what. It's that just beginning, was. and as and as we and as we saw from Chelsea, winning a Champions League is very very hard. I was just it about to say that. I was just about to say that is very difficult. For... So you can't even make one final. It's hard to use the Champions League as a barometer of whether a project is a success or not because yeah. the the dynamic of cup competitions is lucky. Like Chelsea's yeah, team be wasn't the best team, but they won it because they got just got hot and lucky at the right time. So saying yeah. so so saying the project is a failure, yeah, when it hasn't fully played itself out yet. I don't know if we can do that. Um, well, how how many years have PSG been going PS- into the Champions League? Four years, and how many semi-finals have they reached in those four years? Please, can you tell me? None. Uh, as you know, it's just beginning. PSG have plenty more money to spend. They, you know, while the miracle of the new camp was spectacular, you have to remember PSG put four goals past Barcelona and considered six. Like it's just beginning. It took it took Chelsea a decade to win. It took Chelsea more than a decade to win a Champions League. I have there's no doubt in my mind that PSG and Manchester City will win a. Either one, or perhaps both of them will win a Champions League by the Qatar World Cup. Um, can Memphis Depay revive his career at Lyon? Yeah, why not? Possible, yes. possible, possible, yeah. Absolutely, yes. Did you guys see his goal from the halfway line that was I, like we, a couple weeks ago? It was great. I think the French League is great for young talent. I think there's not too much uh, media scrutiny. So if you have a four or five bad games, you're not going to be written up in the same way you are in the other big leagues in Europe. I think it's relying on that level of athleticism that allows players to, you know, if you're quick, you've got a better chance. You know, tactics are less important than athleticism. So you can just get on with it and you can you can try making dribbles. So, you know, Ben Arthur, when it was at uh, Nice, attempted more dribbles than he pr- would have been allowed to attempt at the Premier League. But, you know, they came off and that was it. So, yeah, I think the pie, you know, with, when he's surrounded by the right personnel, especially if he gets an overlapping left-back because the pie's problem is his decision-making. Um, but if he gets a full-back that keeps overlapping, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I'm, so, I'm quite glad that uh, United have a buyback clause because I wouldn't be surprised. What you, what's, what's, the, what's the figure on it? Do you know? I, I'm not sure, but okay. from what I understand, there is a buyback clause inserted, so I wouldn't be surprised if we exerted it one day. Um, is the fitness of today's athletes the big reason why referees are getting seemingly worse all over world football? I would say that referees' fitness is better as well. Yep. But just uh, the game's quick, uh, quicker than it was. So the game's and, quicker. The game's quicker, and there's more media. And there's more media scrutiny. I wouldn't say referees are getting worse. I'd say there's more media scrutiny, which is leading a lot of referees to shirk bigger decisions. Um, like I said before about Howard Webb after the 2010 World Cup final, Howard Webb made less big decisions in games because he was rattled. Mm. And he didn't want to be seen as getting things wrong. Yeah, that was from so. at Milan Porvita. You got anything on that, Double H? Nope. All right. Uh, this is from Red, <laughs> Red, Red Devilology. Name a player that has played yeah. or plays for the team you support that you absolutely can't stand. He scored this weekend, so I feel bad for saying it. But Marouane. <laughs> Marouane. Maran brings I, uh, brings out special feelings in me. I believe I called him a useless elm tree after he gave away that penalty <laughs> against Everton. So uh, Valencia incites weird feelings from me because I I love him and he works hard and he's 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 a great team player and he's a fan favorite. But 
Oh, for the love of God, man. It was really interesting. Even the goal he scored against Victor Valdez, he didn't even trust to tap it in with his left foot. <laughs> he still like hit it with the outside of his right. You know what? Cool the, the funny thing I saw about that is it, it had already crossed the line and then he just kicked it in after a fast line. I was like, what are you doing? And also, I was like, if that was Rashford, he would have just pile-drived it into the top corner. Yeah. Also, Fernando Torres, but I don't want to get into that. From at Rod Sterling, what is your oh, – this is for double H, I'm assuming. What is your favorite meal, including beverage, for a big match? I don't eat during football matches. You don't? I just watch the game. I, I might drink water, but I don't just, I gotta, you know, I just don't get food and watch the game. Like, I don't really like. That. My ideal meal for watching like a match is pandediam and egusi soup, ideally, but obviously I can't make it. <laughs> you know what? Do you want to say, that? You wanna say make... that one more time? Pandediam and egusi soup. There you are. Thank Very you. Very good stuff. Um, maybe the reason is because a lot of these games, at least the Premier League ones here in the East Coast, it's like 7, 8 in the morning. So what meal? Just have some cereal and watch the game. So maybe, it, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Champions League is like, three which is in between dinner and lunch so maybe it's just a byproduct of when the games come on here so maybe if i lived in england where it's like prime time viewing what do you eat carl i want to treat myself have some pizza most of the time i don't have any of you read the awesome book football and chess tactics strategy beauty by adam wells is this a question from a listener yes oh what a lovely question just recommended me some literature how nice uh, I recommend to, to the listener that asked that question, who, who's, who asked that? Rod Sterling. Rod Sterling, I recommend you should read Beautiful Orange, which is a great history of Dutch football. I also recommend you, you read um, Pierlo's book. It's good. Uh, Pierlo's book reveals that Pierlo plays a lot of FIFA. A lot of FIFA. Uh, with 18 goals and 8 assists and 18 starts at the age of 18, that's a lot of 18s, how good can Mbappe become? Really Man. good. <laughs> that is from yeah, Abdul El Karad. He can become really, really good. Like, great. I think. Uh, great. I think he can become very good. I know. I don't know whether he can become, like, one of the greats, as in, like, one of the best in the world. He could definitely become a very good... I wouldn't want to put that pressure on anyone, though, to be like, yo, you're going to be the next legend. Like, no, just, you, you can be a really, really good player. And if you become better than that, cool. If you don't, then you know you were eighteen and people saw something. He's good. He's good. He's going to be good. He's going to get at least twenty French caps, providing he doesn't get injured. He'll probably be linked to Real Madrid very soon. Enjoy it while we while it lasts, is what I say. Also, hmm. he's one thing you notice when you watch him. That guy, he's he's really really skinny, but he hits top speed and he sprints so quickly. So when you watch so, him against City. Well, he's, he's, he's quite slight, but he reaches top speed when he's running really, really quickly. So he can just blow past defenders because mm. he's hitting them at full force. Um, so basically, he's, don't he's do a Ronaldo. And just he could, yeah, don't do, look after your knees. Don't do Ronaldo. He's the, he's the striker out there that most reminds me of original Ronaldo. Or he hey, so hey, 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 I said you hey, double A, so sorry. Hey, 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 whoa. Whoa, okay. I, I brought up that oh. name for a specific purpose. and I Hey, Double H. All right, then, Double H. What striker am I, right now reminds you the most of uh, Ronaldo? Original Ronaldo. I actually, I actually said this before. Even if there's no one like him, but if gone to my head, the closest is Lewandowski. 
And the reason why I say really? that is that the beauty of Ronaldo was that he was an all-around player where yeah, he had the shooting, but he had the control, the dribbling, the ball control, the technical ability. And Lewandowski, just so you don't you don't see because Ban are not using him anymore. Lewandowski, that guy technically all around is a fantastic football player. So he's the closest thing to a Ronaldo where this is a complete footballer as a striker. So yeah, Lewandowski, I think, yeah, is the closest yeah. thing. All right. You've you've explained your logic very well here. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Four more questions. Uh one word answer. Who is the bigger Real Madrid legend, Sergio Ramos or Cristiano Ronaldo? Sergio I guess, Ramos. I guess two-word answer. I, I, I imagine when you know all is said and done, more fans will care about Ramos than Ronaldo. The bigger legend. Ramos does more legendary things, but Ronaldo might be the bigger legend, if that makes sense. Will English players playing abroad help to improve the quality of the England national team? Maybe that question should say, would English players playing abroad help improve the quality of the English national team? Because the only one I can think of is Joe Hart. Yep, that's the only one. That's the only big name international that's currently abroad. But yeah, it will. It will. Mm. It's good for the sensibilities. You learn different tactical plays. Um, You you gain a greater appreciation of uh, tactics and possession when you're taking in different influences. Yeah, for sure. Um, but unfortunately, there's too much money in the Premier League, and why leave your comfort zone? If you, why leave your comfort zone for less money? Good weather, better food. When you can stay, less money. Is money everything, Carl? Sometimes it is. I mean, if you're a footballer, your your earnings span is very limited. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, Mbappe can do his knee next season, and that's it. So, why did the golden rule of the golden rule? Why did the golden, golden goal. goal rule? <laughs> <laughs> that was that this was is fortuitous. No, that was that was my Sunday school kicking in. Why did the golden goal rule end? Will they ever bring it back? Silver goal was if someone scores in the first half and it of extra time and it gets to fifteen minutes, then you don't play the second fifteen minutes. Golden goal was first next goal wins regardless of when it scored. Now the what happened first was you had golden goal, which was played in a number of World Cups and a number of international tournaments. It more or less got pushed out after the 2002 World Cup when South Korea used it to knock out Italy. And also partially because if the concept is the next goal scores wins, if you're, if you're clever, it, it was supposed to encourage attacking play. Whereas what happened was the teams just went, all right, we're just not going to attack and we'd much rather try it on penalties rather than risk it. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. A lot of extra time periods, you just went, ah, oh, screw it. I'll just... Yeah, but it did give like one of risk- the best finals ever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what happened was you had far too many teams going. You had far too many teams just going, I'm not going to risk it. I'm just going to sit back. Um, oh, now, was a, 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 a hero. Someone, an individual will always arise. Everybody wants to be a, a, a hero, man. My, my reason for it, or at least my suspected reason, it, was, was thinking that if you get rid of the golden goal, you're guaranteed a halftime in extra time, which could equal a commercial break. It offers companies at least one opportunity extra to make more money. Does that make sense? Yep. So, so if a golden goal scored in the 93rd minute, the game's over. And people yeah. just turn their TV off rather than watching the whole 30 minutes, 15 commercial, the next 15, whatever happens. happens. That probably helps. But the main reason was because it, it, the golden goal was... Carl's reason makes way more sense than mine because mine is just... But inhibited, so... Um, will right. it ever come back? No, there's, there's, there's far too much money on the line to bring back Golden Goal. So I'm sorry, I have hope you're going to 
just going to have to do without. Silver gold wasn't particularly good as the 2004 euros will attest to because everyone else just went, all right, we'll just won't attack for the first sec. We won't attack for the first half of extra time instead. Unless, of course, Double H becomes FIFA president. Yeah. Which is quite soon. And then Double you H need to make... 2050. Oh, so, Double H, <laughs> if you're made FIFA president, what do you do first? Do you change it back to a 32-team World Cup or do you bring back Golden Goal first? Um, no, I do them both at the same time. No, you're only allowed one. What one? <laughs> this is your electing platform. So you, this is the thing you're going to people going, this is why oh, I should no, vote no, for no. me. The very first thing I do is the 32-team thing. And, I, and, and before you applaud, I say I'm also bringing back Golden Goal. <laughs> Simple. So yeah. I hit you with the double whammy. Because your name is Have Hope. It's double H. Hey, there we go. So have the 32 teams back and hope for more golden goals. <laughs> there it is. There's the slogan. There you There's go. There's the slogan. All right, last, last Next question. question. And this is from Paul at United Redcast. Hey. Hey, Paul. What's your favorite ever football watching memory not involving your club or country? Thank you for your time. Um, Italy, wait, when Grosso scored, it's two things. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say two. Firstly, um, when Grosso scored that goal against um, Germany in the yeah, World 2006. Cup, and um, that's a great game. And when Ronaldo that's scored, uh, when Ronaldo scored the two, two goals at the World Cup 2002 final, his which which completed his comeback against all odds. So, yeah, those two, it wasn't against all odds, you know. Oh! I think there was a lot of odds that thought he'd do it. <laughs> no, 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 come on. Remember, he was coming in after his knee injury. He came in overweight. People didn't like we were able to, to go through it based on what he did in 98. And nobody thought that he would come in and make that kind of impact. Everyone thought that his career was, was finished. Remember, his club career wasn't really of, of, of much thing because we always want the best player Real Madrid. So no one thought he would do what he did, especially leading Brazil all the way, and especially scoring two Gs in that final. Mm. Uh, it's the funniest thing ever to get you talking about Ronaldo. <laughs> he loves us so much. <laughs> I know. I don't even care uh, half the time. I just say it to get you watched up. And if, whoa. Uh, is, is the reason you like Ronaldo, like maybe this is a stupid question, but aren't you like part Brazilian? So like, do you feel like some connection? I mean, well, it's... Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay are, like, you part Brazilian, are you like many a Nigerian that says they're part Brazilian? No, no, no. I am no. On my uh, mom's, on, on my my grandmother on my mom's side was Brazilian. So no, but well, okay. there's there's definitely that my Brazilian heritage. But really, also mainly is that, in my view, <laughs> this was the greatest player I've ever seen, like in real life. So it was almost like like looking at like a superhero, and and that '90s final, you were saying, "My gosh, I'm I'm seeing greatness before," just like seeing Michael Jackson. Then when you saw what happened to him in that final, I'm like, oh my God, it's over. As my superhero has fallen. And for your superhero to rise again, not as powerful as it used to be, but he rose again through heart and desire. Which is what made it so amazing. Heart and desire. And, and, and also those are in my career boots were off. Heart, with. desire, steroids, it all works together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a key cocktail. You know what? My favorite game was, I think I was seven. And it was the 98 World Cup final where Zidane scored two headers and Petit scored the third. And I think like maybe the it was like close to the end of the game. And I, it, it's my favorite yep. moment because it was the first game I can remember watching. And it was mm. with my dad. Your it's, favorite game is, is one of the most painful games in Half Hope's life. 
Yeah. Well, well, it's well, it was because like my dad and I, we we had a good time, and it was like I remember being a little kid and Petit scored the third goal and we were rooting for France for reasons unknown. I think my dad just likes Zidane, which is probably why he's like one of my favorite players now too. So, yeah, that was that was probably my favorite, just for sentimental reasons. What about yours, Carl? I really, really liked. I think it might have been two thousand nine between Arsenal and Liverpool. Uh, second leg of a Champions League quarterfinal, I believe. I remember it very clearly because this was when Ad, uh, Walcott came on as a substitute and Adebayor, and he just skinned three guys and Adebayor scored. And it looked like Arsenal were going to go through and then Benitez did Benitez things and they won. I remember for a long, long, long time, it was the most fun I've ever watched in a club football game. But it, it was a Champions League tie between Arsenal and Liverpool. And it was the the end of last decade and Adebayo was, Adebayo was still at Arsenal so there you are you can probably frame that but that was one of my f- favourite games I can already tell you right now Manchester City 5 Monaco 3 was one of the best games of one of the most entertaining games of football I've ever seen in my life yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, uh, internationally if I want to talk about international game I really really enjoyed that wasn't involving my nations uh, I say nations because I include Ghana in this as well I really loved oh, can I the 7-1 the 7-1 <laughs> what? Like, that was what a damn were massacre. <laughs> what were we watching? <laughs> that, look, that wasn't even like a football match. That was that, that was that was like the, that, that was the exorcist. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, and if if, cool, if not for the seven one, then the five, then the five one, the five one uh, Netherlands versus Spain. No, the five one rather than the seven one because the five one we didn't quite know what the World Cup had for us, and the five one had the Van Persie's goal. Oh this yeah! One oh, no, no, I love that. That was like the Ever. beginning of the it's end of an empire. Because literally, once it was like that was the beginning of the end of the, the, the Spanish dominance, which I loved. That that's the Spanish dominance. So that Holland destruction, man, was a thing of beauty. I remember watching that. That was oh, I was so sweet, so sweet. Actually, one more thing, one more thing, because Carl was mentioning the Mon- the Monaco um, Man City game. I believe that we could be seeing something special with this Dortmund-Monaco game. I don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to say this now, then the opposite happens. But I just think that we could see one of the best two-legged ties in the Champions League for a long time. Um, and I like that one of those teams will be in the semis. So Yeah, here we go. Yeah. They'll, they'll cause one of the big boys' problems for sure. Yeah. So that's our podcast. We do this every Tuesday. Like we said at the beginning, you can follow us on Twitter, at Talking Tactics, at Facebook, Talking Tactics. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Talking Tactics. Please follow the SoundCloud. Like I said, we're close to 100, so that would be cool. What else? You can follow us individually. I'm at Danny Taluk. The boys are at Half a Pots. Anchor 616. And yeah, that's our podcast, man. Talking Tactics podcast. Sometimes I forgot the tagline. What is it? <laughs> I made it's it sometimes up. Sometimes funny. Aha! Aha! Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Talking Tactics podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. But always, always football. Jesus Christ. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.